Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Vibrations of love. And some say love is a verb. But much deeper than that, love is a vibration. It is that energy that stirs the soul and opens up the heart. Vibrations of love call out to the divine that connects us with the beauty of life and the oneness of it all. I need not to say it with words, although it is always nice to hear, but greater still, Feel it. Vibrations of love lift me higher and I fill the empty spaces within the soul. It is the divine in its purest essence. It is me at the height of my being. I am vibrations of love.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Vibrations of Love. Didn't you love that? That's our new track on a new album that's coming out soon, the Om Shanti album with Grammy Award winner Ricky Cage, who is in India, Bangalore, India. And I'm here, and because of a pandemic, things tend to just, you know, happen. Anyway, I'd like us to have a minute of pause of silence. Silence to please send the purest of thoughts that we possibly can to folks that seem to be running in a campaign to become the voice and the leadership of this country. I'm not calling any names. I don't need any names to be emerged in our consciousness. But can we send our pure feelings to these souls? It doesn't matter who they are, but this has got to be the hardest time to be in the ring. To run. We send them our peaceful, pure wishes. That something's just going to awaken in them, and something will be redirected in a way that the human soul will feel more evolved and alive. Anyway, I hope everybody's doing okay, and you're hanging on, in, and up. And you've been enjoying the next normal that we do for the meditation museums in the evenings, Monday through Friday at 6.30 to 7.30 EST time. The meditation museums are still closed. We are in our sixth month. Everyone's asking, are you going to open? Will you be able to reopen? I don't have an answer. Right now, we're just waiting for the elections to pass to make that decision. And I know the decision will come from the divine. But thanks for all of you who've been supporting it so far to keep the doors open, and so we're happy about that. I do miss the kids. I miss really being with the kids, especially those young girls that we've been nurturing for so many years to make them the future leaders of our planet. I do miss them very much, but things will get better. Today I'm really excited to welcome our new guest, Kelly Noonan-Gores, who's the writer, director, and producer of HEAL, Awaken the Powerful Healer Within. It's a documentary featuring about the mind-body connection and our body's innate ability to actually heal itself. She also authored the follow-up book, Heal, a Los Angeles native. Kelly grew up in front of the camera, acting on and off in commercials, TV, and film since the age of seven. In 2012, Kelly started Elevative Entertainment with the intention to create conscious media that actually informs, inspires, and empowers. She has a passion for psychology, wellness, and spirituality, and an insatiable appetite for really going deep into understanding what is consciousness. Today we welcome Kelly Noonan-Gores to the air. Hi, Kelly. So glad to have you on air. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) How are things there in California? I know it's been very intense. I know in the Napa Valley area especially, but I think you're in L.A., But still, you know, we get affected with whatever happens anywhere on the planet, we're affected. But how are you all doing there in California? Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm doing okay. I have my little safe haven Mm -hmm. here in Malibu. Thank God we're not experiencing fires directly like we have in past years. But I do know that so many people are being affected right now. And my brother actually is in the Air Force, and so he's flying drones and mapping all the fires around the state of California, and his mind is blown. He said the whole state is on fire. It's really sad. It's really devastating. And then the other side of it, I've heard 
if you kind of take out the obviously loss of property and so devastating human life, it's a way for nature to kind of cleanse itself, fire. So there's an aspect of that if you want to look at the positive, but obviously the people directly affected, it's life-changing. 2020 has been a devastating year for so many, and it's also been an awakening. How have you been feeling? You know, I think awakening is the right word. I think it's waking, it's smacking people upside the head. It's very easy to be hypnotized by media or information in our smartphones. I found that we are in this kind of hamster wheel of distraction because so much information is coming so quickly and we have so many conveniences. So I think that everything that we're facing is waking us up to what's not sustainable in our personal lives, in our collective lives, and with the planet itself. So I think it's a painful way to get that wake up, but I'm looking at it as a time to apply all of the personal work that we have, all these tools, spiritual tools that we have, and also it's a time for reflection because so many distractions have been removed. And then, of course, I get so overwhelmed with all of the misinformation out there I have a general peace of mind around the pandemic just because I know the power of our immune systems. I know the power of our bodies to heal, and I know that this is part of our history and our evolution. But for others that weren't awakened to that fact before, you know, I just have compassion and grace for their overwhelm and for their fear and panic and helplessness. But, you know, that was part of my intention with the film Heal is to empower people and say, look, we have so much more power over our health and our lives than we've been kind of hypnotized or conditioned to believe. So it's a painful wake-up call for many, many people. And for those that kind of had a general level of awareness before, it's just an interesting time in history to watch unfold. And then, of course, I loved your intention with the leaders of this country and the people running for office. It was such a beautiful Tension because it's so easy to be on the surface and judging and stressed out because of the lack of conscious options or whatever your judgment may be. But just having that moment to send them pure light and peace and just purity for something to awaken in their soul. I mean, that's exactly what we need. And it's such a subtle shift, but it was so beautiful. It's so important because much as people do believe that their thoughts have an impact and that their thoughts basically direct them to where they end up in life, sometimes we don't use it when it's really needed the most, you know, and we get so caught up, as you said, in the distraction, and you look at those tweets, and you look at those messages, and you're like, wow, I could have chosen anything other than these words, but those were the ones that we choose. So we kind of have to really wake up and do the work that we were meant to do. Now, I have a question, because a lot of folks in the conscious raising community there is always a sense in which we speak with authority and we speak with the power, but when we're tested, sometimes that just disappears. Have you ever had that experience? (laughs) My goodness, daily. (laughs) I work in progress, you know. I'm still human. I still get triggered, but I try to, you know, look at that as kind of mini wake-up calls during the day where I feel triggered or I feel like I'm reacting and not responding, and then i got to go back and apply the work or take a break and step away and breathe and reset. So, yes, daily I find that happens. 
You know why I love to ask that question? It's because I love knowing that folks who are on the fence of wanting to just awaken and stay awakened, you know, there's this illusion that once you do that, you're perfect. And, you know, we've had that record, no? We used to look at all those prophets and seers and saints and look at them on a podium or something, and we were trying to pull from them to make us well. And then as we're evolving, we're realizing everyone's sort of in the same boat. It's just that if you're awake and you're aware of your limitations, and then you're working on fixing those. And I love that about this particular time that we're in. And I just wanted everybody to know that because then it's reachable for everyone. Everyone can reach into this and do what they can for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the heal. That's a project that really did great. And I'm not quite sure if you were envisioning it to have actually helped so many. How long ago now was the documentary released and the book? It's almost three years ago that we released film, and then the book was released last year, almost exactly a year ago. So, yeah, you know, I was thinking about doing the film for, you know, about eight years, and then it took probably two years to make from start Mm -hmm. to finish. And, yeah, it's been out for three years now. So tell us a little bit about it and the calling you felt to produce it. So I, you know, was an actor in front of the camera for much of my life. And as I approached my later part of my 20s, you know, I was just feeling a dissatisfaction, even though I had been doing the work for so long. And I kept gaining more success and finding myself less and less fulfilled in that Mm -hmm. career. And so I was going to Agape at the time, which is a spiritual center in Los Angeles led by Michael Bernard Beckwith. And I would feel so energized after leaving the services. And I started to pay attention. I'd take classes with him and meditate. My meditation practice was deepening. And I started paying attention to how I felt when I started talking about consciousness and energy and quantum physics and, you know, human potential and how our thoughts really manifest and our energy and our frequency really determine what we kind of call into our lives. And so the more I paid attention to how I felt energetically, the more I realized I was so much more turned on by talking about those kinds of topics rather than acting and auditions and booking jobs and all of that. So I shifted my focus and started just pouring over books that I would get at the Agape bookstore and they led to different books and I would listen to Dr. Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle when I was driving around L.A. in traffic going to auditions. And so I just started paying attention to Reverend Michael's teachings, told me when that energy, that calling in our heart, when we are feeling most alive, to follow that. Those are kind of lampposts on the path of your purpose, if you will. So I started paying attention to that, and I just started having this vision of putting all the teachers that were empowering me through their books or, you know, books on tape or whatever I was doing at the time, sermons at Agape. And I wanted to put all those teachers into a film to empower others. And then somewhere along the way, I got really fascinated by, like, the work of Bruce Lipton and epigenetics. It was expanding for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I just had this vision that I wanted to put all my teachers in a film, and it took me about, you know, another five or six years to be actually ready to do it. But it was such a calling. There was such an energy behind it that was not 
mine. I just kind of answered the call and unfolded beautifully from there, thank God. It sure did. So tell me some of the conversations that came out of HEAL. Sure. I mean, basically, I love when Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about rather than a Newtonian model of physics, we start to go into this world of energy where it's a quantum model, where it's not cause and effect. It's we actually, as conscious beings, can cause an effect. And he talks about the work of one of his teachers from Yale and he his work really showed that energy and the electromagnetic field actually determines how matter organizes. Basically, all the science, there's so much research showing us that energy actually affects the matter. So if we want to change matter, if we want to change our health, our physical body, we have to start at the energetic level. So it's just, you know, so many conversations around how much power our thoughts and our beliefs and our practices like meditation and breath work can really shift our health in powerful ways. Why do you think sometimes we forget that our thoughts are so powerful? And let me reframe it. Our thoughts are so powerful in a positive way. They can not only move the beauty in relationships, the abundance of wealth, the health, and just the mental positivity or health, we forget that it has that ability, and we sink back or maybe, I don't know, forward into the lower vibrational way of thinking about the body, about the label, about the gender, about the limits, about the past, about the desires of the future, and we get caught in that pattern or cycle for a while, and ever so often we'll slip in a little bit of that positivity or affirmation yeah, I can do it, I know, I know I can do it, you know, and then we slip back. Any thoughts have you explored why we sometimes forget how powerful thoughts can be to make our lives better rather than just get so addicted to just the old pattern of thinking? You know, I think a lot of us just aren't taught that. I think we come in with that knowing and then we start to get conditioned out of that knowing. And so we're conditioned to believe that we have to search outside of ourselves for help. We're conditioned to believe that doctors know everything when they're only taught in a certain way by a certain kind of way of teaching doctors now and a system that doesn't allow them to take into the whole person and their past and their stress and their diet. I just think it's a matter of education. I didn't learn that our thoughts were powerful until I was in my late 20s, you know, early 30s. So it's just a matter of awareness and education. Mm -hmm. And then also that daily practice to remind ourselves. In the film, again, Dr. Joe Dispenza, it's combining the positive thought, you know, visualizing what the outcome that you want to happen. So for instance, you're not well, or if you're dealing with a diagnosis and your desire is to be well and thriving, it's not enough just think about you being healthy or looking in the mirror and saying that affirmation, I am healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, whatever that is, you have to combine it with an elevated emotion. So I love, and one of my practices is gratitude work. If we're stuck in this kind of cause and effect universe, Newtonian physics, which is what you know modern medicine is based on, we think that, oh, if we take a drug, it affects this part of us. 
but we really need to pull back and remember how powerful our thoughts are and that, that everything is energy and we're going to be so much more powerful shifting energy than physical matter. Like you said, low vibration, physical matter vibrates on the lowest frequency. So if we can come back to feeling these elevated emotions, practicing gratitude, visualizing and being grateful for that, what it is that we desire, whether it's a healthy body, you know, just feeling that at some level we are and in some parallel dimension, we are perfectly whole, perfectly healthy, thriving and being grateful for that. That has the power to shift energy and energy is what's going to shift the matter and shift you out of that health crisis. So it's a matter of awareness, and then it's a matter of really practicing. Yeah, yeah. I think the practice is the big thing. We go back to the old too quickly because vibrationally there's so much old thinking that's consistently going around, and even yes. if you want to get away from it, it's on your phone, it could be in your spouse, it could be in your housekeeper, your puppy, whatever. It's just it's there for you. And you have to always be the one that's just paying attention and saying, no, come on. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You know what your role is and your part is in humanity, which is really, really important right now. One of the things that I've been percolating a lot on, because I just recently, and still am, I've encountered what was first a health, how do I word it, health crisis, and then I had to use my whatever spiritual knowledge I knew. Oh, come on. It's just a health challenge. And then after I passed through that, I said, mm, no, no, not even that. This is a health opportunity. And where I kind of went into that whole process, I knew everything in my heart, Kelly, on the thought level. I could beat this. And when I went to the doctors, they were like the same feeling that you had, that they only know the physical aspect of the person. They don't really tune into the emotional ability of the person. And actually, also, I have to tune into my emotional ability. And would you believe that when I was there and going through it, and still am, I was just realizing that in a way I needed both, but I cannot give over my power to anyone, period. But at the end of the day, my thinking, my pattern of thinking and feeling has the ability to shift this illness into wholeness. And that was, I think, one of my gifts of 2020, if not many. But I'd have to tell you that it was a big gift for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, listeners and people who follow you might go, well, why is she even having to deal with a health crisis? She's so spiritually <laughs> light. She's full well, of I light. I love when people do that. Know, I love when they do that. And I just find that if every, we're going to get challenges and, like you said, opportunities at every level of consciousness. And they're going to get kind of bigger and bigger as we spiral up in awareness. That's one of the messages from HEAL is we have to take control of our health back. We have to be our own advocate, kind of break that spell that someone else has our answers for us. And really tuning into that intuition and feeling and knowing, okay, what they're telling me is possible for me is feeling limited. It's feeling contracted. It's feeling claustrophobic. I am so much more. I have so much more potential power, possibility, and I just need to figure out how to align with that. That's beautiful that you see the opportunity in that kind of challenge. Oh, yeah. I love that. And, you know, to even those who had that thought, I love to respond to it because I remembered when I get up every morning at 3.30, 4, and I was sitting in my meditation space, which I called Baba's room, 
And I just looked at Baba and I said, did I make a mistake? Just tell me, just so I don't repeat it, you know, because of the health opportunity. And I said, just tell me. And the first thought that came out of the ethers was it's a sacrifice. And I just held that one and I went, okay, let Mm -hmm. me hold that. And because I was raised by yogis since I was 16, so I had all these incredible female yogis being around me and, you know, me just playing with them. I was not really ever disciplined. It was just a play for me, but I just loved them. I spoke to two of them, just asking them, you know, this has come. What do you think it means? This is how I asked them. And without me telling them what I had gotten from the ethers a few days before talking to them, they said, it's a sacrifice. You'll see the benefit. And the both of them said that to me. And about a, maybe a month later into the game, of all the things you have to go through, I was realizing that what that actually meant was, after listening to debris from folks for 30 years, that perhaps sometimes something slipped in. Maybe mm-hmm. I really took a lot on board, and I was holding a lot of the stuff that had been given to me in trust, but something slipped. And I'm assuming that why this has been such an easy process as I've gone through it so far is because I've accepted it. I've accepted Mm -hmm. the challenge. I've accepted the opportunity. And I'm okay if I'm being sacrificed for something incredible to be birthed, that I'm okay. I'm in service. Show me. And to answer everyone's question, that's exactly what it was for me. (laughs) And that's what I tell everybody who goes there. I've had that before, and I had a circle of friends from Marianne to Michael to all of them. Just every day at 10.30, they held prayers. And I go, I'm with you. While I went out and did my thing, I'm with you. I got it. It's all good. So it's just what it is, you know, and I think we all have to humble up and recognize that life is going to keep being a gift in so many ways so that we can move closer to our divinity and our peace. Wow. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And, so, I, and you're, you nailed it. Acceptance is so huge. We spend so much time fighting unconsciously, resisting what's happening because we think yes. it should be a different way. And the minute we can pivot our perception and say, okay, there is a gift at the other side of this. There is a lesson. There's a blessing. There's an opportunity. The minute we can accept and trust in the divine, that's when we can move forward yes. so hard. But thank you for that <laughs> example. It's hard to do it 24-7, I always tell my friends, but it's really easy to do. <laughs> it's that 24-7, and I do my best in reminding people, don't worry. Don't worry about doing it all the time. Just celebrate if you can do it once. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going to be okay, you know. So you started this production company, Elevative Entertainment, and it's all about conscious media. And media, especially now, is playing a very important role in shaping perceptions because I call it citizenship media, where there's so many people on Zoom, doing things on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are at home. Some of their creativity is emerging. Some of their thoughts are coming up, and they want to share that with the world. And so you've got this media company that's really looking at consciousness. Could you tell us a little bit about its work? Because right now, 
fear-driven media is just get so much funding and they get so much airplay that I'm always curious to see how well conscious-minded media companies are doing and what is actually needed to help them to keep growing. I'm kind of actually, I birthed a human baby 16 months <laughs> ago, about the same time I was finishing the book. I got pregnant and I've taken a step back from producing and just focused on that beautiful production, which has been an amazing journey of motherhood. So we're kind of actively, passively developing some things. But as far as your question about how important media in conscious media or positive media, we're bombarded. I was watching, there's a new Netflix show about this tragedy and there's so much like true crime addiction out there and I admit I fall prey to it. Now that I'm a mother, I just couldn't watch this story even though it's this major trending true crime story on Netflix right now. What's the name um, of the movie I believe, or the show? I think it's called Murder Next Door or American Murder or something. It's about okay. the guy you okay, know, I got, I got that time. Mine was Scandal. Yeah. I mean, me and all of my friends would get together for Scandal and just like, okay, if we have a window, let's put on and see what's going on in the White House. So I get it. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you yeah, do exactly. get pulled in. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't bring myself to watch it, even though I'm like craving. I want to know the CD details, like you said, but then I just, I, like, I can't let that into my consciousness. It would be too much for my heart yes. to know that this, what this man did to his family. So I think on the individual level, it's so important. The consumer demands, right? The people have power and their votes through their pocketbook, through their airtime, what they choose to consume, whether it's media or otherwise. And so I think it's so important for as more people wake up to be really vigilant and just not consume those shows, not consume this cable news or whatever it is, because search for other, even social media these days, you know, there's the social dilemma or whatever the Netflix documentary is that's highlighting how Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they're competing for our attention because attention mm -hmm. and screen time equates to advertising dollars. The more we can wake up to what they're doing and how they're feeding us more extreme versions of what we already believe, the more we can really be vigilant about what we're consuming. And it's so important now for the individual to choose better choices. And like you said, I love this citizenship media. That's one of the things that's awakening in this global crisis so that hopefully things are shifting in that direction. I mean, I, I know that things are shifting, you know, energy is shifting, moving faster, Everything is waking up. So I think that the more people that can create conscious media and then consume, make better choices in their consumption and who they follow on social media and what news outlets they are looking to for their news, I think that's going to mm -hmm. continue this shift in the right direction. Have you found it hard to keep your viewers or listeners on conscious media? Because I've spoken to so many incredible media executives and they run very large networks and they say whenever they do positive news or positive media nobody watches and so when we end up in the conscious media ring has it been easy for you to really sustain the viewership and to keep it still entertaining informative insightful exciting quirky suspenseful <laughs> I think it is a challenge, and I think it's going to always be a challenge. You know, humans are evolving, but not quite as fast 
to get out of this kind of addiction to other people's drama. The reality TV, it's such a low vibration, but people just want to tune out of their lives and feel better about themselves, so they're tuning into these really kind of base reality shows. One of the shows that we were developing back you know, a few years ago before we did Heal was a positive news show, and we were like craving positive news, and there's so many inspiring stories daily, and we wanted to highlight those, but it didn't work. Nobody bought it because... Yeah. People have tried that before, and it's so interesting now, you know, people are getting their news from Twitter and Instagrams, and people are starting to follow more of these positive, conscious, awakened, inspiring accounts, which is great. So I think a celebrity just started a positive news, I forget which one it is, a positive news kind of outlet. So it's starting to head in that direction. I think there's just a fatigue of negativity because we're getting bombarded. I mean, I don't know if any of you saw the debate. I'm sure you did, but it's just <laughs> constant stream of negativity now in politics and news. So my husband and I try to watch the evening news on a network, CBS, NBC, ABC. It's 30 minutes at like 6.30 p.m. every night. And it's just what's important. There's no people arguing and yelling over each other. It's just highlighting what happened in the world and our country. And then at the, the last like five minutes, the last story is a really inspiring, positive news. So I love that model. It's like the old school news model. You can kind of stay informed, but you limit it and you do it in a way that has integrity or at least some form of classiness. <laughs> so I think there's going to be a fatigue of negativity, but you know, we've been trying so. to do it for years. Can yes. I tell you that I really, really hope so? Because, mm -hmm. again, it's draining. My friends know if they don't pick me up and take me for my treatments, I'm not going. So they've kind of made it their duty. And yesterday was one of those days and got into the car and Dr. Kogod looks at me, did you watch a debate? I go, of course not. <laughs> and I looked at her and I go, why would you do that to yourself? You yeah. knew what was going to happen, and of course, when I look, the only thing I really play around with is Twitter and a little bit of the Instagram, which I still don't really know how to function very well, but I would <laughs> get my updates on Twitter, and that in itself is very jarring. Even though mm -hmm. it's just for two seconds, I can feel what it's doing at a soul level, and I thought to myself the day after, Kelly, what is the rest of the country feeling if they consume that for an hour or two? And I think there needs to be an education on what you watch will determine the way you're going to feel. And we really need to recognize this, even though sometimes it's good for dessert. You know, what's wrong if you do a little scandal here or there or, you know, James Bond movie here or there? But it shouldn't be what is your main course all the time. It could be just a little dessert. You know, I love everyone's, that. Everyone's doing dessert and they're not really doing main course anymore. And that's what's making right. people, I think, unhealthy. Yeah, and it seeps in subconsciously, right? It does. It totally mm -hmm. shifts the energy. I mean, people, depending on their beliefs, their heart is racing, they're stressed, their tension watching this debate was crazy. Then people are going on social media and just getting a double dose of it. Our bodies cannot handle it. I mean, it literally is shifting people's energy and they're not aware of the power, the effect that what they're consuming in the media is shifting them in not a great direction. You know, one of the beautiful things is there's a big waking up happening, and we need to find ways in how that energy, one, can become more organized, like how people in war and peacelessness and debauchery, 
seems so well organized. I mean, I'm still perplexed at how this case, who's this guy again? He was killed in jail for the pedophile or the trafficking of those girls. What was his Oh, name yeah. Again? Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm still saying, look at how well connected that soul was at the highest of levels, that there's so much there that we still don't know, which we know is happening. Look at how organized they are, Kelly. So if the conscious raising community of individuals out there can get as organized, can you imagine what we can do? Right, yes. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That's been some of the things I've been really looking at, seeing how we can create that narrative within our own community of connections and people and really be serious. You know, not Woodstock serious. I mean, Woodstock with right. a little bit of Vietnam, a little bit of World War Three pending, a little bit of losing your democracy <laughs> over your head, kind of a serious, and then say, okay, we all come together and then say, all right, on Monday, why don't you do this? Next week, Thursday, why don't you start to move at this? And we can do it if we just get organized. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. I totally agree. Give each other a chance. So we've covered a lot, and there's a lot more to cover, but I'm more curious to maybe ask you to share with our incredible audience of folks, give us a little bit of a life advice for the rest of 2020. What would you suggest we should all really begin to focus on just to navigate through whatever's left of 2020? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to say. I keep constantly checking myself because I find myself in a sort of a bubble. I've done so much work and I'm just feeling so blessed right now. And I know so many people out there are just barely surviving. So I don't know, you know, it's so hard for me to sit here and give advice from my bubble because I have enough food on the table. I don't need to worry about, you know, my husband losing his job. A lot of people say, well, you're so privileged. You have all this, but I've done the work for so long. And I constantly come back to understanding the power of our ability to shift, and it's everything we talked about today, shift our own energy. You know, it's so overwhelming when we think, well, how is this going to change? Or when this person is elected to office, you know, the world's going to end or there's going to be riots. It really comes back to how am I going to change? How am I going to shift my energy? That's what I'm responsible for. If we try to solve the world's problems or figure out how not to this person in office. It's our ability to close our eyes, turn within, do what we need to do on a daily basis to stay healthy in our physical bodies, healthy in our mind, healthy in our energy and the frequency we're putting out there. And it really comes back to those daily practices of meditation, gratitude. It's almost like putting on armor to all the negativity that's out there so we can If we want to turn on the debate for a few minutes, we can sit there in an expanded state and not get sucked into the drama, but just observe and come back to what does my soul need to do to stay strong and stay grounded and stay immovable in all this chaos? It's almost like to be the eye of the hurricane and know that, you know, there's been so much crisis throughout time and we will get through this, but to come back to, okay, despite this circumstance, despite what I'm going to have to face tomorrow, whether it's with my job or 
you know, someone in my family that's dealing with COVID or whatever it is, if I can just do the practice, if I can turn within, if I can meditate, if I can eat well, if I could fuel my body, if I can be grateful and visualize and spend the time to visualize the world that I want, if I can choose positive, inspiring people to follow on social media and choose not to indulge for my main course in negative media, you know, maybe dabble just for dessert, mm-hmm. like you said. If I can do all these things, I can be the eye of the hurricane. I can have the strength and resilience to deal with every day and wake up every day and put into practice the acceptance and everything that we discussed today. So it's overwhelming if you look from the macro, but if you come back to just what do I need to do to fuel my vessel and my soul and stay mentally healthy and strong, we will get through this and things will shift and you can be the change for lack of a (laughs) better to steal someone else's saying. So that's my advice is just really do the personal work right now so that you can stay strong and you can continue to wake up so that collectively we can all kind of lead and get organized and hopefully shift things in the right direction, like you said. Kelly Noonan Gores, thank you so much for joining us on American Meditating Radio. And yes, I will agree your bundle of joy might be your greatest production ever. She is adorable. <laughs> I've seen her on Instagram. I mean so wise. So please give her a big hug for me and let her know Sister Jen is sending her unlimited love and pure wishes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I will do that. All the very best, and you be well. Take good care. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. You too. So you've got some great tips, everyone, from Kelly Noonan-Gores, and if you'd like some more information on her film and new book, HealDocumentary.com will be the best website to get all of that information. And, yeah, you know, do the work. That's what I took from Kelly sharing. Do the work. Stop complaining. Do the work. Mind your business. Don't be looking at what other people are just doing, and you could have used that time for you. Do the work. (laughs) Anyway, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Just to let you know, I think it was two months ago, we held the 7th Annual America Meditating Retreat for some of our guests on air, and Kristen Hoffman walloped out this song for our opening. And I thought, I have to play this for you all. Enjoy. Take care and thanks for joining us. Be well.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.